0: Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Needham, along with my wonderful wife, Janet, and we are streaming live from the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy Studio. And I am super excited to have Trevor Love on today. If you follow any of our social media, especially our YouTube, Trevor and I have been um chatting back and forth about many different health and wellness type subjects and expect to see a lot more of the videos with him and I we've done a, a lot of short little videos on health and wellness. He is a uh, um health and wellness personal trainer coach. He has been for years. He walks the walk, talks the talk. And today we're going to be talking about how everyone is a performer and how we should all eat like that. So there's many parallels between patients and athletes and why we're really all athletes and should treat ourselves like athletes. So Trevor, without further ado, welcome to our
1: show. Hi, Sean. Hi, Jana. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah. So tell us a little bit about your background, Trevor. Yeah. So um, oddly enough, what I've been working on the last couple of years is very different than what I thought I would uh, have been doing with my life. So the first 10 years, Uh, of my career was all traditional strength conditioning coaching. Uh, So my undergraduate and graduate degree were in exercise science, kinesiology. I did the entire uh, strength coach grind, the internships, the graduate school studies, the moving state by state every year. Um, And I've I've coached high school, college. Um, I worked at San Jose State, worked for the 49ers. Uh, We moved to Texas. Where we actually undertook an esports performance program, where we looked more in a cognitive training, and that was pretty unique. And that's what really opened up my mind to this other world of performance, which which was kind of what led into uh, medical nutrition and integrative medicine and how to optimize the human body, similarly as athletes do, but just for all of us, uh, you know everyday Joe Schmoes, who are trying to live a long, healthy life (laughs) (laughs) and and, and excel at what we do. And so, yeah, I've been in the health industry for a long time, but whether it's working with young athletes, professional athletes, or with clinicians, um, it's always been a passion of mine. And I'm always trying to just learn and stay on the cutting edge of um, ways to help each other and share that information. Awesome. So Janet, what kind of questions do you have for Trevor?
2: Okay, Trevor. So I got to know how you ended up with Molecular.
1: Yeah. So um, there's a disconnect, right? And you you both know this, but between what is marketed to athletes and what... I mean, you have the dripping sweat of Gatorade off of the uh, bathroom oh. and the play. <laughs> and, um, and what is perceived to be used in that setting and what is actually used in that setting. Right. And so... Um, one example I'd give you is when I was working um with the 49ers, there's Gatorade vending machines, and then there's you know Cytosports um products, and there's a lot of these um outward-facing brands, and they're they're decent, you know, sports brands. But um I think when you dig deeper into the performance staff and what we're doing with athletes is you see this integration of a lot of medical grade nutrition. And so what I kind of piqued my interest was when I saw the top performers in the world actually using medical grade nutrition. And when I started to try to leverage the clinicians I worked with to give those nutrients to college football players, um, that's when I started to expose my athletes, my knowledge base, my relationships... Um, to that other world. And that's when I developed relationships with other brands in the industry was by u- utilizing our physical therapists and chiropractors to give combine athletes or to give college football players medical grade vitamin D, fish oils, you know, vitamin C, uh, magnesium, as opposed to only focusing on macronutrients and protein and post-workout nutrition, which everyone does. Um, we we kind of miss the boat on uh, optimizing cell function if we're just delivering whey protein every day. So that's what exposed me to it. And then eventually, Essentially, I um, didn't want to move every year <laughs> and yeah, I, I wanted <laughs> <civilian> lifestyle, uh, <laughs> my family and uh, the, the coaching yeah. grind is like, you know, um, I guess it could be similar to, to, you know, shipping off for three months and the military in regard to that your schedule. So um, I have a lot of respect for them, but it's uh, a lot more family friendly to work in this industry. Yeah, for
0: sure. I, I'll bet. Um, I bet it was kind of exciting when you were younger to maybe do some of that stuff. But definitely, uh, as you're trying to settle down with a family, it would be a lot right.
1: tougher. Right, right. But I am very thankful for everything I learned. And and that's ultimately the answer to Janet's question, which is, if you, I mean, capitalism is good and, and bad, right? Capitalism is what drives people to excel and win um, and at the highest level. And so the things you learn, there's the most pressure on those professionals to yeah. perform a lot of those um, those things parallel, you know, the things that we're trying to do with clinicians and patients now. And so you know, that's what's accelerating a lot of the medical industry is just that drive to help people get better and heal. So tell us about the parallels between patients and athletes. Yeah. So the, the one, um, there's a couple of frameworks that we Have learned on the medical side and that we talk about daily. And then I think back and I'm like, this is this is identical to either what we did with athletes or what should have been done. But there's two terms that I, uh, Tom Williams, the PhD who writes a lot of medical information and education for our clinicians, he uh, developed every single first chapter of his book talks about two terms. And, um, he's got about six or seven roadmaps. and, And this first chapter is the same it talks about physiological resilience and metabolic reserve and at the cellular level that has really come to become like this is a topic that is just so important and so we think about physiological resilience is the ability just for your body to absorb stress maintain homeostasis and come right back to where we were right and if we all had resilience physiologically at our cell levels there's there would be no disease right because your blood pressure would go up and then would come right back down. And your insulin would go up and come right back down. And your adrenaline would go up, but then it would reset. And cancer cells would stress you, but then you'd kill them and you'd come right. So the problem is, is, that we are becoming less and less resilient. And therefore the stressor is winning and that manifests in a disease state. And then there's metabolic reserve, which is the long-term capacity of our body to fight those stressors, to return us back to physiological resilience. So those two terms... I have found um, is the root of every conversation when it comes to a patient that's working on something, a performer that's working on something, are optimizing our longevity is, are you physically resilient at the cellular level? And if not, why? And then what does your metabolic reserve look like? And that is a, that's a gas tank. That's a reserve tank. That's That is our You know, I think of our our oil and gas reserves. It's just waiting for us to tap them, you know. But the point is, if you don't have the nutrients, if you don't have the omega-3 fatty acids, if you don't have the antioxidants to prevent oxidation of cells, if you don't have the foods that support the microbiome, then you have no metabolic reserve. Therefore, if you don't have the sleep, if you don't have the exercise, therefore, when the stressor comes, for one individual who is extremely robust in their gas tank, uh, they shake it off, right? One, one bad night of sleep, they shake it off. But that other person who has no metabolic reserve because all the other factors aren't there has one bad night of sleep. And all of a sudden we see it trigger something and it leads down this vicious spiral. And so those are the two parallels, at least from the um, terminology perspective that I think if I were to go back or if I looked at everything we did, ultimately we were just trying to build metabolic reserve so that our athletes were physiological as res- Physiologically resilient,
0: yeah. So they could train harder, right? So they could get an adaptive response, right? But in order to to be able to do that, they've got to get the proper rest and proper nutrition, right? And have that reserve, or they'll actually get weaker,
1: right? And that that is a whole other can of worms that is a is exactly where uh, the next parallel was, which is the central nervous system. And the four key stressors. So, you know, I know Jim Laval has been a huge part of the education in the pharmacy world and his, his involvement as an integrative pharmacist in the uh, professional athlete world is huge. But uh, he was very impactful on me in understanding that if someone's deficient in their training and you want to super compensate to build muscle, build mass, get ready for the season, right? But if their central nervous system is in a sense state of fight or flight and it's stressed, the central nervous system is not going to build muscle, it's not going to trigger hormone response, it's going to trigger stress response. And so the other, uh, I would say parallel I've noticed is the four key stressors, uh, which I have here, but this illustrates these are all the four key stressors on the brain, which is inflammation, blood sugar, sleep or circadian rhythm, and mental emotional stress. Those four stressors impact the brain the same way, and so in thinking back, like what a fool we were to believe that our athletes were getting stronger and faster while they weren't sleeping, they were drinking all all night, and, <laughs> and you know it's, it's just clueless, right? Um, but you uh, know, how does that parallel you know to us today as just being human beings who want to perform well, who? Uh, in their daily lives, and and our, we're all seeing clinicians as patients, or we you as our clinicians, which is if you think that you're going to maintain a healthy mental state, right, with good neurotransmitters, and if you think that you're going to maintain a healthy hormone state with great hormone production you're insane if you're not managing inflammation blood sugar circadian rhythm and mental emotional stress and so and i know hormones bioidentical hormones are, have done a phenomenal job of bridging the gap and accelerating medicine forward but people have to remember why they got there right why why did you arrive at estrogen challenges testosterone challenges progesterone challenges and and what is the root cause of that and the root cause of that is the forky stressors And so I I can't say how much I have learned in this category, which is like, what do you have for hair loss? What do you have for testosterone production? What do you have? The answer to all these things is the root is the four key stressors. I have ways to limit inflammation and blood sugar dysregulation and, and improve your sleep and manage adaptogens for mental emotional stress. And if people can understand that the HPA axis and your central nervous system are connected as one, and the four key stressors tax those... Then you can start to work backwards on okay, well then how do I optimize my hormones? And it, I, and it's a long conversation, but like that's the, I think back on how much focus is on anabolic function for athletes, and then the answer to all of that was like, well, you need a detox, you need to manage your blood sugar, you need to sleep, and you need to stop mentally um, being so dysfunctional and practice some stress re- and relaxation techniques, you know, and all of a sudden your hormones will start to balance. So yeah, that's complex, but. Um, Looking back, that's probably what I would have focused on more would be managing hormones, to the four key stressors.
0: Well, I think those four key stressors have caused a lot of issues with health in patient population. I can't speak to the athlete necessarily because I wasn't as intimate with them as you were working with them um, in general. But, um, you know, when I think about what's happened with patients over the last 20 years, I mean, testosterone levels in men have plummeted. Right. Oh. I mean, we, we used to never, never is a strong word, but, yeah. you know, usually rarely. rarely see a low testosterone in somebody in their 20s. Right. And now we see it
2: More
1: regularly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
2: Yes. So it really touches and highlights in my brain the term uh, prevention on our side. And... um really before you get to a doctor or a nurse practitioner or a PA or even to us, you really want to prevent disease um, mm-hmm. because, you know, when you show up and you already have something on board, there's a whole gamut of that inflammation that's already started and all this other stuff. So we do have to work backwards, but You know, starting early and young is really where it's at. I mean, it's hard to maybe convince people in their teenage and 20 years, but that's where it's at, I believe, because I think some of the population that we see that has aged well over time that have lived into their 90s and hundreds, they obviously lived a life that had a good reserve and were able to handle because they went through a lot of stressors in their life, but they handled it really well. Yeah. So um, prevention, I think, is where, you know, I, I like to speak a lot. But, you know, Sean and I work with people, of course, at many different levels. And yeah. so do you.
1: Right. I, I, I often hear um, your body does not care about your hormones when there's a tiger chasing you. Wow. And I, I think back like, on that triage theory, which is your body will prevent death at the risk of losing long-term function, right? It'll, the emergency receives all the attention. And so what people need to understand is the emergencies are every single day, little drips of inflammation and blood sugar changes and all these things. Over time, your body says, why would I care about fertility? Why would I care about testosterone? You know, why, why would I care about brain function? I'm trying to keep you alive, you know, and your blood sugar is on a roller coaster that's gonna kill you. So I'm just going to divert all nutrients away from my metabolic reserve to your insulin pathway. And so um, that's something that I think is hard to wrap your mind around. But once people do this whole triage concept, they understand, look, if I don't take care of these four stressors, nothing really else matters. (laughs) It's kind of over after that because your body's living in, uh, you know, I, it's like a short, mi- it's like a short term mindset, you know, for the rest of your life. Um, and if you can manage those, that that's anti aging, right? Like people, what do you have for anti aging? It's like, well, <laughs> you sure you want the answer to that? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: right. No, it's, that's so true. And I think in our culture, we push, um, at least in certain parts of our culture, that you know, we always want to be that A type personality that's you know on the go. Or if we are on the go, we you know, mismanage our you know diet and sleep and all that. So, yeah, yeah it's very, very important because that is something that Sean and I do counsel our clients with: is that this is a piece of the puzzle, and if you don't fix that cortisol level or that that those stressors, you're right. It it it's not. I mean, we can put a little band aid there, but if you don't fix it, it's not gonna. Yeah, it's not gonna
0: happen. Yeah, our our body was not meant to be constantly chased by a no. tiger, so to speak, with your analogy. Right. You know, so if you have crappy diet, crappy sleep, and and stress, uh, you know, mental or physical. Right. Um. You know, every day, day in and day out, and you're not getting the proper nutrition and rest. I mean, it's, it's, it, it is it's it is going to age you a lot faster and um, your body's just not meant to compensate for those kind of things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. When you think about people that have bigger challenges with viruses and you, that term high risk category, right? That's really just going back to what we're talking about. It's just metabolic resilience. And so if your body has a lot of toxins in it, for example, right? And and toxins can kill you. And so your liver is always dealing with these toxins. Let's package them. Let's put them in the fat. Let's detoxify. Do you think, you know, our body cares about our gut health at that point? Like that, that tiger is about to kill you. Just keep you alive. right? You know, so all of a sudden you have IBS or, you know, you know, diarrhea or constipation. It's like what's going on. And you could try a bunch of things, but really the root of that is you haven't let your body rest and digest. And, um, yeah, I think this is probably the most abstract portion of all of integrative medicine in in my opinion is hormone health in, in as it pertains to HPA axis dysfunction and the four key stressors. It seems like there's a ton of growth to be had in that category in the future because it's just so, you know, cardio is very straightforward at least for the labs. Um GI testing is becoming more straightforward for the labs, but hormone health I mean, I can't even speak to it how complicated it is. I'm sure you could, but it just seems like we have a long way to go.
0: Well, and I think we are getting better like we are in um, many areas of medicine. But I don't know if it's making, if overall, generally, it's making our population healthier. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it is is because our population is being chased by a tiger constantly. Now, let's face it, we we all have stressors in our life. I mean, right. you know, we, you do, we do, but it's, it's how we handle those stressors and how we respond to them Yeah, so it's important. Not everything has to be a tiger. I mean, right. we might think it is, but not everything is a tiger. Mm-hmm. So it's how we, how we respond. And, and the important thing is, is, is still, you know, um, the most important thing is still sleep appropriately. That's mm-hmm. probably the most important thing yeah. to help us recover from being chased by the tiger.
1: Right. Right. I we I heard Carrie Jones the other day the hormone expert talk about um are you genuinely playing even as an adult are you laughing and loving and um genuinely playing every single day cuz cuz a lot of the community based component of mental emotional health is that that component right there which is like even though it looks different as an adult to a two-year-old a seven-year-old a 12-year-old is like do you have someone that makes you laugh hard every day do you play every day in your own way and are you um getting that community component because I, I think of the t- conversations we've had sean where it's um why are the population like the populations that are cent- centenarians right the blue zones it, it's southern italy uh loma linda are these like the gym goers no you know <laughs> it's like How many, you know, how many people live in the gym that are in the blue zones? Very few. It's because they have some form of healthy diets, a lot of movements, right? They they may move in different ways. It's not a one hour workout of weight training, but they, they're always moving and they have community, right? They're very big on laughing and loving and entertaining, big communities. And that's interesting, you know, to see how that affects people's hormones and longevity and stress. And Yeah.
2: I, I have to speak to that because it, it just, it, it just came to me too. Like what you're speaking of is like in the culture I came from, my, my parents farmed and ranched and 10 o'clock, that was the time that people showed up and they were on your door. They had their coffee and their little treat and talked and hashed out whatever was on the news or politics or religion, you know, whether right. you liked each other's view or not. Yeah. Picked up and left and off to work they went, but it was a daily occurrence where people stopped in and saw one another and just got like, hello, how are you doing? You know, that kind of thing. And we are so far away from that. Yeah. So far away in many cultures. I'm not saying every, but in many cultures, I mean, it's kind of sad to see, but, you know, I I think that's a very generational thing because... I know that many people would be very offended if you just dropped in. You know? I mean, that, <laughs> yeah, that right? in itself would be like, this person didn't call. They just stopped over. And, you know, I mean, we came from, I think, times where people were a lot more connected, whether you were, you know, miles apart or whatever, but you still had those connections. And, you know, those short conversations, I'm sure, made a huge difference in just relaxation um, our cortisol. I mean, because part of having relationships, I think does affect a lot of those, um, neurotransmitters in our, in our brain. And, you know, I mean, if anything taught us in the last two years, staying in your corner in your house and not going anywhere was not a good thing for humans.
1: Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We, we need the connection. Definitely. And, uh, yeah, I know that was maybe a little off topic, but it yeah, you, know, but you know it all goes together. <laughs> right, right. That whole mental emotional component mm-hmm. of of medicine is hard to measure. Right? Mm-hmm. And I you know and, and that's the only way to really measure it is if you're taking action in your life in the process and then you can follow up and see how that process has changed with someone's actual hormone levels of stress hormones. Right. Um but we know that cortisol is a dominator. It's the it's the fight or flight. It's the stressor. It's like, hey, you, if you're living in that that's tiger stage, your cortisol is going to stay high. And that's the enemy. High cortisol long-term is the enemy of all those anabolic hormones that you guys do an exceptional job with managing and that we do everything in our power to limit the, this mismanagement of it um, in, in a patient's life in regard to just letting the stressors destroy their anabolic hormones. So.
0: Yeah, I mean cortisol is catabolic. It 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 yeah. it makes us weaker, literally, over the long term because it's made it's just it's it's for short term fight or flight. I mean, obviously we need a little bit of it all the time or we would die. Yeah. Um, but that's why HPAX HPA HPA axis function is so important because um literally if we don't have a that healthy relationship with those um we will die, right? Um, right, and and our fight or flight, our cortisol, it trumps them all. Mm-hmm. If you have bad thyroid, if you have bad testosterone, you know, you can live without that, yeah. But without cortisol, you can't live, right? I mean, right, so, um, it's very important to fix those issues first. I mean, yeah, um, or you won't work to optimal health, so
2: or you won't yeah. heal.
0: Yeah, you want to heal, You know, you know it's
2: really, if you think about it, every day, whether it's internally or externally, our body has to repair mm-hmm. something, right? You know, so the healing process does not happen if you're always running, right? This isn't, you know, so there's the body has no chance to switch that little lever while we sleep and just mm-hmm. kind of go into the mode of, hey, I'm going to take care of that tissue and take care of it. You know, I mean, think of how quickly baby's skin heals. Yeah. I mean, it's unreal. They yeah. can have scratching before you know it's gone. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. what happened? Yeah, you know.
1: I know, you know? personally. I, I'm embarrassed to say my son for the for, we had no emergencies until he's now five. He tried to lick the condensation off metal in the, during the first freeze here. Of course. Of course. Boy, his, yeah. his he's a boy. Got, yeah. got stuck, so he's been healing, but it's amazing. That was 10 days ago, and, it, and it's like every day, two inches better, two inches better. Yeah, <laughs> right. right? <laughs> um, but yes, definitely strong.
0: So Trevor, working with elite athletes, um, was there, and how we can... Make a parallel to to patients. Right. So working with elite athletes, was there one thing that you could tell them if they weren't performing optimally and they were doing most everything right? Um, what was the most common thing that you could tell them that they need to do better?
1: Ooh, good question. Um, that's a broad. question. Yeah, this is gonna be. Different. This is gonna be a little long-winded, but I, I this was the <clears throat> this was the framework for how we measured someone as an athlete. And I think this applies to every human being, including every patient. Um, so this is maybe like a napkin type drawing. And I'm gonna explain this, but essentially it's only really five letters. And um, this is something that everyone can understand. And, and this is how you can use a framework to develop someone. Um, and basically you have two P's on top, two T's on bottom and health in the middle of H. And so this is a pie chart. And and James Smith, PhD, sports scientist, Fergus Connolly, sports scientist, they're both kind of the ones who influenced my um, taking of this concept and trying to apply this. And it's extremely difficult to apply it to a team, but individually it's very easy. And so this is what it is. If you measure someone's success in any activity, and let's just say for the sake of uh, this conversation, a patient, the activity is optimizing your health forever, and the athlete is winning. Um, you have a couple variables that can be measured if for your success. so you have the two P's, which would be physical, psychological, and then the T's would be technical and tactical, and in the middle is your health. And so as we evaluate a human being or we evaluate, evaluate an athlete, it's really the same framework as physically how exceptional are you at the variables required to be good at that sport. So if it's, you know, a football player, it's going to be the 40, it's the combine, right? Those are the physical variables measured, whether you can debate that all day, but my point is there's always going to be some variables to measure. Um, for someone like, uh, in the clinical setting, it's their labs, right? Physically, are, are you changing your labs and optimizing your labs? And then psychologically, that's obviously your personality, your uh, emotional IQ. Um, how successful are you psych- psychologically with perceiving stress and, and executing tasks? Um, technically, it's h- how you actually execute the choices you make on the strategy. It's not not the strategy, but the actual execution of whatever task that may be for an athlete. So it could be footwork or handwork um, or placement of their body. And then lastly tactically right how do you go about that exercise yeah. what's your strategy and the core root of all of that which we always told our players is health because none of those things matter if you're not healthy you're sitting on the bench or you're with the other trainer right. or you're getting a sur- surgery and you're done for the season and so the goal of that pie chart is to expand everything outward so the pie gets bigger and bigger and bigger and you know the best athletes in the world obviously have the largest pie chart right and so you know those are the Kobe's and and you know for basketball it's like LeBron's and Michael Jordan which is they have figured out a way to be technically sound, tactically sound, physically sound psychologically sound and maintain their health and and if you evaluate every single person to that you're gonna find weak links in the chain. There may be athletes that are physically unbelievably gifted and extremely weak psychologically right And okay. the same thing applies for us as we try to optimize our health is how are we doing physically, how are we doing psychologically? What's our technique of our day or strategy of our day or, or how to optimize my relationships? And at the root of who I am personally as a man or a father or an employee is my health because none of the other stuff matters if I'm not healthy. Right. And so um, that's kind of the framework that we work people through because then it's measurable. Okay. You believe that you're uh, not tough. Right, or you're not resilient, or you don't like waking up in the morning, or you don't like going to bed early, whatever. Okay. Well, here's some tasks. Here's some process goals to accomplish so that your pie chart can improve psychologically so that you're no longer a liability on the psychological side and an extreme asset on the physical side. If you want to be great, it's the old you know physical and mental combination. So you can set goals within each category to say, Hey, I, you know what, physically I'm doing great. Psychologically, I'm doing great, but I just don't have a strategy. I have no idea what I'm doing with my life, where I'm going with it, what I'm doing with my job. Let's develop a strategy that would be tactic. So, um, that's the framework we try to apply to evaluating athletes. And then we evaluate the process of how to improve them. And at the root of that is health, which is comes down to everything we do every day in medicine. And that has subcategories, but, um, that would be how I would say, "Let's you know develop you and let's get better and let's evaluate how we're doing,
0: yeah, that would pretty much work for anybody, so physical psycho psych, psychological. psychological, yep, and then tactics and technical, yep, and everything and everything in the middle is health and And I tell people this all the time, whether you're an athlete or whether you're a patient or just a typical person um like me, um without health, we've got nothing. I mean, if we don't have good health, it's, you know, it. it's, we can't live life. We can't enjoy life. Doesn't matter how much money we have. If you don't have good health, you can't enjoy it. Right. So without health, it's, it's, it's nothing. So.
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And, and obviously um, Warren Buffett, uh, whether, whether, whether you agree or not, or, or a fan of Warren or not, I always thought yeah. his quote on, um, if you had one car. For the rest of your life, and that was the only car you got, and you were 18, and you got it, and you're stuck with it forever. He's like, "How would you treat that? How would you treat that car?" And I think, he is, and then he goes on to say, "That's that's your body, right?" And I, somehow, you know, he he sells that, I mean, I, I, that, and chocolate, and also stops at yeah. McDonald's every morning. So, what, it's one thing to see it do it. <laughs> right, but the right. point is, is he's right, which is there comes a point where. Preventative medicine is less costly than emergency medicine. And I know it's a hard pill to swallow, I guess, pun intended, to pay for these things. But you have to, it, 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 unfortunately, we, we have to get hit in the face in your 30s to realize or 40s, maybe even 20s, how important it is to take care of that car because you only have one for the rest of your life.
0: Well, as Janet often says, um, you either pay now or pay later. Amen. I mean. Yeah. You know, I mean, and that and that's just true. And I, I want, I want to be healthy the rest of my life. Um, you know, I don't want to be a decline in health, and you know, and not being able to enjoy, enjoy my, right, you know, um, middle aged years and beyond. So, yep. So, Trevor, as we wrap the, wrap this podcast up, um, tell us what you have a passion for.
1: Uh, professionally or personally, both. <laughs> well, um, professionally, I. I Frankly, I want to impact as many lives as possible in a positive way. Um, you know, I, I I'm a believer and I'm a Christian and I believe in the Lord. And I feel like my vocation in life is to um impact people in a positive way. And I believe that integrative and functional medicine, there's no better cause because um you're saving a lot of people's lives, you're enhancing the 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 quality of people's lives. And I feel like, you know, every day I go to work, I have a a purpose for why I'm going to work today. And that is to help spread good information that can enhance the quality of people's lives. Um, Personally, you know, father of two. And I enjoy just I, I enjoy the outdoors. I enjoy hunting. Um, and yeah, I, I, like I said earlier, you know, we talked about what moves you, right? These, uh, you know, I like to exercise by being outdoors and, and I think that's a, that's a huge passion. And, uh, I love, you know, being around my family and watching my boys grow up. And, um, uh, and I think, uh, life's too short, as we mentioned, to not take care of your body, but also to have relationships and, and serve your family and, and value that. So that's been my focus. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: So, if anybody has any questions for you, what's the best way to get a hold of
1: you, Trevor? <laughs> they can, uh, yeah, good question. They can email me at t.love, t.love at ompimail.com. And I'm happy to help. You know, obviously, I'm, I'm passionate about these uh, this industry and these topics. And um, yeah, I think, you know, if, just please reach out if you have questions and happy to help. All right.
0: I thank you so much, Trevor. Um, it, it's been a pleasure having you on. And our goal this podcast, as always, is to educate and empower. There's your email right there. Um, yeah. is to educate and empower individuals to take charge of their own health. And I think you helped us realize that goal. So thank you so much for doing that. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, Thursday, tune in to our midweek podcast, uh, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Hunter Schultz. He's He will be on our podcast again. I think it's his third time. We're going to be talking about patient privacy You don't want to miss out about that. Um, So thank you for tuning in to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Thank you.